An 18-year-old Karen Berger arrived here to a country she had never seen before from South Africa. It was supposed to be a gap year, but Karen fell in love with New Zealand. A rep netball player in her hometown, the teenager joined a local club and had a dream to one day play for the Silver Ferns. Faced with the prospect of returning back to South Africa after a year, she asked her parents to help her stay on. They did but she was determined to make her own way, holding down jobs, studying and playing netball. She worked from dawn to dusk to make ends meet. The road was not easy. The New Zealand netball scene had never heard or seen Karen Berger before, and she faced many setbacks along the way to get to the top. This year, she celebrated 50 tests with the Ferns and turned 30, a huge accomplishment. And she joins me now. Hi, Karen. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for being on the show. Look, what a great year 2023 has been for you. Two milestones, a big birthday and 50 tests. Has it sunk in yet? Gosh, um, yes and no. I don't think we really ever... Um, realize how many tests you are playing until the day and they tell you um and to be honest looking back when I first started I probably didn't expect to be getting to this point where I like regardless even playing one test you know <laughs> being able to play 50 is amazing it's been a massive year um milestones yes but also in terms of just a busy it's been a busy busy year and went through ups and downs as well um so there's some goods and bads in the year but I guess that's just part of sport really yeah <laughs> absolutely it's so much part of sport let's start back from when you came out here you had an uncle here you were 18 what did he say come on down under give it a try yeah, yeah. My um, uncle actually came to visit because they're South African as well, but they've been living here for years and he visited South Africa and mum just popped into the airport to say hi and bye. Um, and they made a joke to say I need to come visit. And I don't know, a couple of months later, they were like, nope, is she coming? And we just decided, yeah, why not? That's an opportunity. So it's a gap year, an opportunity to experience a different culture, a different um, country, learn a bit about myself, know what I want to do in the future. And yeah, one year turned into 12. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot longer. So what did you love about New Zealand? Did, how did you know after a year that you wanted to stay? Well, um, that's the thing. I didn't necessarily, after the first year, decide I wanted to stay full, like full stop and permanently. Um, I mean, I miss my family quite a bit still, but in the first, I think three or four years was very much like, oh, I really enjoy it here and I love what I'm doing. But there was still that nagging feeling of there's a possibility of still going home. Um, so it isn't necessarily the first love at first sight, but I saw a country that provided a lot of opportunities um, and uh, possibilities for me to develop my character and develop myself into somebody I'd want to I guess want to be and want to portray myself and and somebody that my family and friends can look up to one day and I just saw New Zealand as a really good country to do that and so yeah I I just took the opportunities and made yeah. the most of it <laughs> and did you just instantly love the netball scene here as well I was very fortunate that I got welcomed into an amazing club called Nine Nine Collegians in Lower Hutt and they're pretty much my family to this day. I still get messages from them. I still catch up with my old coaches, some players that I played with. They really became a family to me and I think that's a reflection of the wider netball communities as well as you really do get welcomed and it becomes a family unit. So it really does help when you are away from your family to be welcomed into an environment like that. So that really, um, I guess, motivated me to want to stick around and and see yeah. see where it can take me because <laughs> being so young you know you were you said you had that support around you and did they really help you find your feet today 
Yes, um, funny that they challenged me and supported me at the same time. I remember when I first got here, I was extremely shy, um, still am um, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I but back then I, because English is my second language, I still was doing the translation in the head, so my responses were a bit slower, and so I only really spoke when they were spoken to me, rather than you know approaching people. But they helped me put myself out of my comfort zone, and I think they after a couple of weeks from landing in New Zealand they chucked me into uh like cook straight trials which is like quite high up there like I was really just like you know just arriving wanting to see what's going on and they're like no nah, just put yourself out there what's the worst that can happen I was so out of my depth it wasn't even funny um but I mean I met people there that I still talk to this day as well so um they really supported me and helped me they took me where I needed to be to attend those things but um they really did that challenged me <laughs> yeah and as you say you, you know English was your second language so you know you yeah. spoke Afrikaans when you arrived yes. so. yeah and I quite often get the question about oh you know where's the accent like we don't we hear something but you know it's um and I and that's why when I go home I don't really like speaking English because I've adapted to the Kiwi accent and so you always get the question like why do you speak like that um but no because we we learn it from a very very young age you have to be able to be bilingual or English at least to be able to understand all the all the cultures and the languages over there um but I never used it um I never like never used it on a day-to-day -day base so moving to New Zealand was the first time actually being thrown into the deep end and having wow. to use it on a day-to-day -day base so I think that's how I picked it up <laughs> Yeah, really, really amazing. And what about that moment when you told your parents, you know, who you are so close to that, no, you know, as because I'm a parent myself and with, mm. you know, 18-year-old, 19-year-olds, and, you know, that gap year, you kind of count down the days and all of a sudden, oh, no, I'd like to stay a bit longer. I mean, how did they respond to that? Funny, like, because my dad, the first time moving over, my dad didn't know up until like maybe a month before I left because we knew he was going to be, you know, a little bit not necessarily against it but but wary you know he's just a bit he's more on the conservative um, the be careful side whereas mum's like no go do it um so um yeah he like that first couple of two or three years whenever mum would miss or I would be homesick or whatever dad were like no you guys wanted her to be there you made this happen so you just <laughs> stick it out so um but yeah and I think it was it wasn't until I sort of stopped talking about going back that they sort of realized it didn't it was never a discussion I think they just realized that you know she's made her life over there and they've come to visit me once um, and they've seen the life that I have they've experienced it so um, I think there was a lot less questions from their end and understanding about what what um, possibilities and opportunities and life that I have here so um, yeah they're very much supporting me and just having my life here now. Do you think there are more opportunities here than in South Africa? Yeah, I think um, the great thing about New Zealand, and I know there's quite me being a South African, having moved here, I I understand what how grateful and how blessed the New Zealanders can be uh, in the opportunities that they have, regardless of whether you um, want to finish school, whatever your interests are, there's always options to go into that field, whatever that might look like. I think it's a little bit harder in South Africa, unless you've got a degree in something, um, it's pretty hard to make a living over there. So um, definitely very blessed for, or I know I'm very blessed to be here and I know a lot of Kiwi uh, and fair enough, what, um, kids want to go overseas and want to go experience and like go for it. That's exactly what I did as well, but acknowledging how blessed they can be to be in a country where you can follow something that you love doing.
No, oh, that's great to hear. And you, you know, you say that, that it's great to be here and the opportunities are here, but it was hard. You know, let's <laughs> not uh, pretend that it was an easy road when, you know, tell us about the grind that happened yeah. for you when you arrived. I think with opportunities and saying that, like, you have to take them as well and you have to work hard at them. It doesn't mean that it's just going to happen. Um, so even though you do have them, you've got to put in the work. Um, and again, I'm I'm grateful to have been in a, a grown up in a household and in a country where you had to work really hard. Um, I had the support and the backing of my family Um endless support and backing from my family to make things work if I really wanted to um, and like same as with this challenge that I took on to move to the other side of the world we weren't financially the most um, you know settled family um, you know mum and dad had to get loans for me to be here and so to this day I'm playing for them I'm doing what I do for them as well as much as it is for me um, so but they I put think everything that's just on the line for you, didn't they? They yeah. were financially and everything. That's amazing. Definitely. And they do that for all their kids. They've got an older sister and a younger brother. And um, they do that for all of us. They really put anything and everything and allowing us to be the best versions of ourselves. And I think that will one day reflect, you know, that we are so tight-knit with them that we give back as much as we can to them. And we will support them as much as we can as well. And that's just a reflection of our family. And so... Being able to do what I do with the sport and the backing of them has made the hard work easier. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a massive grind. I don't I um I had to work really hard. I had to study, I had to work, and I didn't make it onto the fern scene for like seven years while being in New Zealand. So it was a long grind, but I didn't put all my eggs in one basket. I think that was a key thing for me is because I knew I had to create a life in New Zealand. It wasn't all about netball, that I needed to have a work outside and need to build those connections outside. So it was a very busy, busy life. And I, looking back, I don't know how I did that, um, but I'm grateful for it because it built me into the person that I am today. So you were able to work and study and play netball all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, again, I was very fortunate to um, study at an institute where they were really supportive in helping me. So once I finished my um, my diplomas on my studies, um, they pretty much took me on in the same institute to work as well. Um, and one of the um, the managers there, Talalo Fiso, really took me in um, under his wing and helped me and supported me and allowed me to both do netball and and work, which that, whether that meant going to trainings and then coming back in the evenings to finish my work or, you know, if I had to go away, I had to make it up at other times. So it was definitely a grind, but it's about, uh, I put in the hard work while I was a student because I knew I had to, I, needed, I knew I had to get scholarships. I knew I had to put myself out there and it was seen. And I think that's important knowing that people are looking King, people are watching you so um if you do the hard work it will you will be rewarded and I think to me what I can tell about you is that you know your why you know why what you're doing and why you're doing it would you say that yeah I think it's really important to remember those things especially when things get hard and tough and I think this year was a really tough year for me as well um you know it's been non-stop netball and up ups and downs and in, in performance wise in terms of our team and um whether you get on or not and it's just sometimes you start questioning why am I doing this what am I doing you know bodies get injuries all that kind of stuff you're away from family you don't have a life outside and so there's quite a lot of things that start um 
piling up and then just um, putting itself back into perspective, knowing why you are doing it really helps and knowing that we're blessed, I'm blessed to do this. Um, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I only get to do this for a short period of time and and the struggles only last a short while as well if you push hard through it. So um, yeah, always keeping that why is very important. That's right. And I think uh, I read what you said, you know, the thing about highs is you know that there are going to be lows coming. So oh. how do you navigate yeah. that? You're... Definitely. And I, highs I are so good. I know. It's finding that balance of celebrating the highs, um, but in this at the same time acknowledging that the lows could come and being ready for them as well. Mm. Um, and, and and taking it with a positive mindset. I think that's what I try and do. Whatever happens to me in life, I try and see the positive or the good side of it um, and how I can develop myself and how I can learn from those situations. Because if we can't, if we're going to keep doing the same things and just keep, you know, succeeding in life, we're never really going to build into knowing what we're really capable of. So I think I learn a lot about myself to this day. I'm still learning heaps about myself as a player as well. So um, I, I enjoy the tough times afterwards, not during, <laughs> Looking back. not during, um, during it's really horrible. You don't like it. You question yourself quite a lot, but um, afterwards you're very grateful for it. Right. And so let's talk about navigating your path to netball and to the silver ferns. Was that, uh, you know, were you, uh, you weren't really very well known. Was that tough? Or maybe that was your secret weapon that you weren't that well known? Uh, yeah. Um. Again, you have to put yourself out there in difficult positions and like, you know, um, out of your comfort zone, you have to do those kind of things. And um, I just... I love having that mentality of being the underdog of not being expected to to achieve or not being known. And, and I think for me as well, when I joined a club, I joined a club in, in the lower hut, um, which at that time it was seen, you had to be in the Wellington teams to be seen and to do something. Um, and so I was adamant to stay in the hut team. I was like, no, I will show that it doesn't matter about where you are and what you do it's about you and if you can really put your hand out there and show that you can do it you can still make it and so to this day I'm still registered to that club as well to give back to them because they supported me and allowing me to do that so um, I think that's the mentality that I go with as well as if you work really hard you will be seen um, and if it's meant to be it'll be. Oh, that's great and so what did it what was it like getting that call up to the Silver Ferns what did that feel like? <laughs> oh gosh um, very um exciting nerve-wracking proud um I I think when I first got the call I didn't I wasn't expecting the call to be honest so on that day I was a young one so I um, had a broken camera on my phone and I decided to get that fixed on that day um so I put it took it down to the shop um and I just was back at work you know working on my computer and I got these messages from Katrina now um was Grant um and she's like what are you doing like Noel's is trying to get in touch with you blah blah I was like rushing down to the shovels I need my phone yes um yeah so I bring them bring them back and um I think to this day uh one thing that came through from that call about Knowles was that she said you um made it impossible not to pick you you picked yourself and I think that's a mentality I've played with and trained with as well even at the pulse um we always had my first year with the pulse I was on the bench um I didn't get much court time I think I had about 22 minutes that whole season uh, which was a very big change for me from being you know always on court and always playing um 
and we always had one-on-ones after games and you'd get your feedback you know even if you didn't play you'd get feedback of what you need to do better and stuff and I set out with the mentality that I'm not I'm going to play and train in a way that they can't give me any more excuses. So I was being, I was the fittest and the fittest defender in the team. I was at everything. I always did my best. So, so as to not allow them to have any more excuses as to why I'm not there. Um, And so when I got that call from Knowles and she said that, I think that sort of puts things into perspective of this is why I do it and this is why I worked hard because it was seen and that now I get my opportunity to to prove myself so so all in basically all in at all costs all in yes pretty much right and then on uh, of course the first game didn't quite go to plan you were sent Mm. off but you you know that wasn't quintile expected but then you recovered from that which was also you know look at you yeah yeah at the time but then it was okay (laughs) Yeah, I think at the time it was the end of the world for me. I was like, this is it. My career started. I'm never going to get caught time again. Um, but again, it was something I learned. And we I was, um, we had an amazing coach who, you know, had that discussion with me and wanted to understand where I was coming from. And so we talked it out and life went on. You know, it wasn't the yeah, end of the world. Right. Um, I learned from it and it won't happen again. <laughs> exactly. And, um, you yeah. know, you say you're shy. Do you think that, that, uh, that that's, how was that but along the way? You seem, you know, so bubbly, but do you still think you're shy? Um, to a certain degree, yes. I think uh, have being in the spotlight um, at times and having the career that we have, you sort of do get thrown into, you know, have, learning how to manage those kind of things. But I think yes. deep down, I am very much still shy. Yeah. If it's work-related or I have to, if it's... Um, I guess business related or netball related I don't I probably aren't shy I'm not shy but when it comes to personal life I very much am still shy I am um yeah but yeah a mixture a mixture yeah and then on the court say on the court if you were shy did what did you find it hard to find that voice to be part of the team or were you just that was nowhere you didn't need to worry about that at all yeah when I first started playing here I I did not say a word I did not talk (laughs) I was just doing my own thing and I'd be told what to do and I'm like yep yep sounds good okay um or in like group meetings and stuff I would not say a word I would not voice anything um just more of the the fear of saying something wrong or not really I guess it comes with confidence and in yourself and not knowing whether what you're going to say is the right thing and you know with experience and all that kind of stuff now I'm probably the most one of the most chatty ones on court yeah um and you know always putting my opinions out there but making sure that you listen as well I think that's really important when you are talking that you are listening as well and I think with being able to talk that much, people um, learn about me and you learn about people as well. So whether it's the right or the wrong thing, you know, yeah. at least you people can understand each other's um, point of view. Yeah. So I think in a yeah. part of it, being part of a team, you have to understand everybody, oh, don't you, and understand their strengths definitely. and their weaknesses. Let's talk about highlights. I mean, one of the highlights must have been when you went back to South Africa <laughs> with the, yes. black, <laughs> the black dress on playing with the ferns. Yeah. What was I, that like? Um, yeah, my, again, when I grow up, my family was on the sidelines yeah. of everything. They were always there. And so suddenly not having that in New Zealand was a bit of a shock to me at the start. And I've just come become used to it, you know, that I don't have that voice on the sidelines in terms of my family. But always phone calls away. So always got the feedback after the games. Mum would be <laughs> like, well, I've watched this game for the fourth or fifth time now. I was like, mum, 
Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I think it was more for me being able to show them what I do in real time um, and to be able to have that support straight after a game and have that um, yeah. discussion in person. And the mum's seen me play because she came into the 2019 World Cup, but dad hadn't. Um, yeah. And oh, my gosh. They must have uh, been so proud. Oh, Did you yes, hear them in uh, the stands? Oh, so funny story, my um, my dad's got this really, really, really strong, loud voice, and so, <laughs> um, and the and the stadium itself echoed quite, quite. It was an amazing stadium in terms of sound. It was got really loud in there, and um, my dad would always pick like the most quiet times when like the crowd is settled, and he will just like, <laughs> like yell really loud, like go. Karen and and like the whole team will crack up like every game they're like we heard your dad like he's like we can still hear your dad calling your name and I think it was after the first game when he kept doing that um he asked me afterwards he's like so can you hear me like when I'm calling you I was like yes dad I can hear you I sure can and he's like okay well can you acknowledge it next time so every game after that like if he called my name I would just like throw my hand up and like thumbs up to him so if people were watching my game and I'm throwing my thumbs up that would have been just after my dad called my name <laughs> I love it that's so good and that must have been so special hearing them cheer you on yeah, it was really awesome. It was yeah. really amazing having my family there. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And so injuries, I mean, your mm. first big injury, that was your foot. It was a real setback, but it was just before yeah. the Commonwealth Games. Mm. Uh, yeah, how tough was that? Yeah, we... Um... We always have niggles. We always always have injuries. Like that's not a big thing, but nothing really. I've never had something that took me out of a sport. And so, when I got the news that that's what the case was, um, uh, I was sort of not really wanting to accept it. Um, uh, I think I remember I was in a moon boot. I just finished our season. I was in the gym. I was ready to train because you know, Com Games is coming up. I still need to stay fit. And I got the message from the physio saying, "Oh, the scans came back and it didn't wasn't looking very promising." And I immediately rung him back. I was like, "Cool, this is just like two, three weeks. Like, how long am I out for?" Uh, and he's like, "No, no, this is." like this is a six month thing you're gonna have to go in for surgery and I was like no 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 like how can we make this work I've been strapping it I've been having painkillers this whole season it's been working like how can I make this work he's like no and afterwards I understand like you you're putting a lot of strain on other players when you can't commit fully so it would have been selfish for me to go not that they would have allowed me anyway um and so yeah it was it was a shock for me and I had my couple of days of sulking and crying about it um but then, you know, life goes on. You have to look at the silver lining. I hadn't seen my family at that point for about three years. So I got to go home and I got to see my family, which was amazing. Mm. I got to experiment a lot about whether it's sort of my nutrition, my nutrition, what I want to do in life, future and all that kind of stuff. So the six months, I used it quite well. Um, so I wouldn't change it. I, I no. learned a lot about myself. Mm. And yeah, you decided at that point you loved <laughs> the nutrition's uh, your route. Yeah. And that's where you wanted to go with a future career. So that's great. I know I always had my because my sister um is wanting is going towards dietitian as well so she always talks to me about food and I was like oh yeah 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 whatever <laughs> um and so in the six months that I had off um I experimented with my own diet and it was interesting to see and feel the changes and I think there was more the reason behind what food does to the body that I was started getting intrigued into and so I thought why not learn about that you know so yeah yeah oh, well, there you go there was a silver lining and then obviously you came back which was great mm. you know that you did get your foot fixed and you're fully back so that's great too 
yeah yeah just life goes on it like feels like ages ago but um and that, yeah. that it didn't even happen so <laughs> oh that's good yeah. that's good and let's talk a little bit about you, the coach Dame Nolene Taurua there's mm. such huge respect for her and the team mm. what does she bring to the team as a leader that is so inspiring yeah there's a few things that I think um I've learned a lot about her she's she's a tough nut she's she's got high expectations of players but not um, unrealistic. Um, I think she acknowledges that we're human beings, that we've got a life outside of netball and life doesn't revolve around netball, but she's also there to do a job. And so she'll support us as individuals as much as she possibly can and provide help where she can off court to provide to allow us to be the players that she needs us to be on court um so you do your thing off court whatever that looks like because when you're on there and you're training or that you need to be the best version of yourself and the other thing about her is that she only expects you to do you really well she knows what your strengths are and that's all she expects from you just to do what you do really well and I think that sort of puts into perspective why we are there um and it makes you feel good about a player whether you're on the court or not it doesn't mean you're bad or you're not good enough at that moment it just means another skill set was required and so it really helps mentally when you think like that as well it's sort of not personal in a way it's not personal is it exactly no she's there to do a job and she's got 12 players to do the job and so um she's really good at I guess the game of chess knowing when to put who where knowing what skill sets are required and so I mean recently we've had not necessarily the best success but it's a young bunch it's a very inexperienced bunch and I think everyone's still learning about themselves and she's still learning about the players as well and I don't know if the players necessarily always put their best foot forward as well that's you know personal responsibility at times and um so yeah I think the future of the sport looks uh is very strong with a lot of young ones coming through it keeps us older more experienced one on their toes <laughs> yeah and I mean as an, as an older player now do you sort of help the younger players do you give them a bit of advice as you say if they don't put the best to put on the court as you said sometimes they don't do you give them an uppercut and say hey come on that wasn't 100 I think, it, I think it goes both ways a little bit um obviously the young ones are really putting their um hand up like like fighting tooth and nail to get that spot and so that forces us more experienced ones to we don't necessarily have the legs sometimes to be you know running around like they do but we we've got the smarts and so it's sharing that you know we've have the experience in terms of smarts um to share with them whereas they've got the legs to to give it to us to to try and make us play harder so I think we learn a lot from from each other, um, especially being such a big group of young ones at the moment. They bring the joy and the excitement and the fun to to the environment. Um, whereas we'll probably we have older ones or the more experienced ones are probably more the serious, you know, focus yeah. on netball kind of stuff. So it's a very good yeah. balance. What do they do in terms of bringing the fun? What do they do? Is <laughs> they dancing on the bus or some music? Oh, oh or always dancing, always singing, always music, always jokes. Oh my gosh, we've got a funny bunch, you know, they are full of jokes. Um, so, and just finding, you know, you don't, you don't want Groundhog Day. You want different things. You want fun things. So 
whether that's like jump jam, you know, like having fun sessions like that, the captain's like run or <laughs> yeah, you know, like have it all do um uh like someone take us for a dance session or you know, it's just it's fun yeah, and games. Like the young yeah, and yeah. Uh, obviously the young ones, you know, with TikTok nowadays, you know, all the fun trends yes. and things that they do. They just really it's more the vibe, whether we get involved yeah. with it or not, it's just having that in the environment really and like light, yeah. lightens things up a lot. <laughs> and you talk about vibe uh, and I love uh, hearing about team culture because I think it is so important mm. do you believe that as well it's a really important part of the team 100% I've been in teams that have had the best or have really good teams on paper but don't necessarily um, put it out there on court and you've got teams who don't have the best teams on paper and they smash it and it's all yeah. about culture and and having that connection within a team and understanding each other fully and so if you create a culture where people can trust each other and and allow each other to be vulnerable and be yourself um, I think it really reflects like that on court as well um, being able to have those courageous conversations knowing that people are going to take it in the right way um and knowing that you're just trying to support each other and be help each other be better athletes and even um i think we're in a good culture to know that if you're fighting for a bib you're fighting it for the right reasons you're um helping each other be better players you're not fighting against the individual um but so i think that we're constantly helping each other be better players too um so going into camps and going into series and things isn't so dreadful because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're going and, to like a family friends vibe yeah, yeah so important and what about how important is honesty do you think as well within a group ah oh, extremely um and I think you know just because your teammates doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be best friends acknowledging that side of it so um it's more when it comes to the honesty stuff it's like I need to know that I can tell you straight up when I don't agree with something that you've done or I feel like we can do something better knowing that you're going to take it in the right way um and if you don't agree with me that you can be honest with me and say well no this is how I see it and that's the only way you can grow together because if everybody's always just going to think their own way and do their own thing and not be able to be honest with each other about how we feel I think that can cause a lot of friction within the team and so when you don't have any friction and you've got that being able to be vulnerable and with each other um, I think it makes things a lot easier when when things get really hard and things get tough. Yeah, 100% <laughs> and what about when you are on the court is there a sense of that you are doing this for each other is that really important working for each other? Yeah, I think um, that's another thing that Knowles is always talking about is knowing our why um, and knowing that, you know, you're doing this whether this is for yourself, your family or whatever. And having created that amazing culture, we're also doing it for her. Um, it's funny, she always says that um, she wants us to have fun. She wants us to enjoy, but her way of having fun is also winning. <laughs> so uh, we're always trying we're having to... fun. We're always having fun when we're winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think when you, when you go through brutal camps and you're suffering together, um, you want to make that count as well. So when you're going through those tough times, you're suffering together, you learn about each other, you really have that connection to want to do it for each other. So it's not just for yourself. And I think that's what I love about the team sport aspect is, yes, I know why I'm playing well in terms of why I'm doing it, why I'm going to training, why I'm getting up early in the morning, or that why I'm offering up so much of my personal life to do this. That's my personal why. But when you get out there on court, it's a team why. 
um, and you're doing it for others and for your teammates. So yeah. when you have that connection and being able to do it for each other, it really helps. Yeah, that is. It's so, so important. Who are your netball heroes? <laughs> um, Funny, because I never grew up really necessarily watching netball and this is fun and weird because I've been playing since I was six I mean I've always been striving towards the higher but I never necessarily watched it and I don't like pinpointing individuals um because I think so many people have um talents and um things to learn from and so I think obviously there's a couple of like other South Africans like the Irene's and the Lianas who've done it before um but I mean I think I've got that connection with them because they've personally been in touch with me and to this day are in touch with me and so we've got a different um background as to why I look up to them um but you've got amazing athletes um like I don't think you can go past Laura Langman who I was fortunate enough to play with for a season um leading into World Cup and I I don't think you really understand uh, how much an athlete means to the sport and to others until you personally experience them. And so it's easy to say from the outside, oh, I see what they do. So I look up to them, but it's only when you really experience them on a personal level that you truly understand what they do. And so I can only share with the people I've personally had connections with, but I'm sure there's heaps of other athletes or other um, netballers that have been amazing too. Yeah, no, Laura Langman was amazing, wasn't she? (laughs) And what about um, balance? Let's talk about balance. I mean, obviously, it's pretty tough when when you're doing what you're doing. But, you know, do you get to have a social Uh, life? It's tough. It's a... We don't have much of it and I think that's why I personally am very precious with my time because I don't have much of it. When we do have downtime, it's that wanting to have, not do anything. It just yeah, downtime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you also want to be social and you want to get out there and, you know, meet people and have time with your family and friends. And so um, it is, again, like I said, this year was really tough because it was a busy year, but um, it's keeping that, um, bigger perspective around we only get to do this for a short period of time in our lives and so I don't want to look back and be like I could have and I should have yeah. and so I'm doing as much as I can in terms of enjoying netball for as long as I can and making the most of the downtime that I do have uh, don't get me wrong it gets extremely hard sometimes and it can be a bit lonely at times as well um but you just have to keep the bigger picture in mind and know that one day netball will be gone and you'll only have your own time yeah. and personal time. That's so right. you can I'll make up for that. lost time. Yeah. You can yes, really exactly. Have a big social life. And, and then mm. what about looking back, if you were talking to a 11 year old Karen Berger, what mm. would you say to yourself? What's a, a little bit of advice that you could now looking back that you wish that you'd known? Um, hmm. Gosh, I uh, I think I've tried to make sure that I don't have to give myself advice as to what you should have done. Um, so that so I know that every time and every moment I'm doing my most, yes. so that I don't have to be like you should have done this. Yeah. Um, but I think being in terms of my younger self, I probably would, because I was extremely, extremely shy. <laughs> um, and I think it comes from a confidence thing. Um, and I grew up, um, 
I, I hate arrogance and, but it's understanding it's not arrogance, it's pride in yourself and celebrating yourself. And so I think that's one thing I would probably want to tell myself a bit is celebrate myself yes. a bit more and it's my achievements copy. a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think as a young one growing up, now I do that a little bit more, um, but I think I would have helped myself a lot more in terms of my mental state and um, personality if I did that more when I was younger. Yeah, back yourself 100% and mm. it doesn't yeah. mean that you're being cocky or arrogant. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess just looking at the future, a few goals, have you got any other things that you want to achieve? Oh gosh, um, funny. I try and live it like you know, bit by bit. I try not yeah. to plan too far ahead. Um, yeah, they are, and I and they change quite often. I think for me, my main goal at the moment is, um, in terms of long term netball related, I'd probably try and push for another World Cup. Hopefully, touch wood yes. if all the if the body holds out. I haven't been to a com games due to injury last year, so I want to push for that. So I think that's long term netball wise. Um, and I think. But, but I also have a goal in terms of life outside is going into nutrition now and starting setting up life after netball and making sure that I've got my things in place so that the day that I do decide I'm done with it that I can easily transition into the next thing so definitely working on life outside of netball yeah I think you sure are well look it's been amazing chatting to you thank you so much for your incredible insights you're really amazing at understanding your journey and what you've been through and it's wonderful for us to hear what you've been through and see how you've overcome all of those setbacks so thank you so much for joining us awesome thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share my story <laughs> you're welcome